0: The Body Love Binge is the podcast for you if you're so done with living in the hellhole of an eating disorder, hating your body, and constantly wishing you were thinner. If you're truly ready to heal from anorexia, bulimia, or binge eating disorder, and genuinely make friends with your body, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Victoria Kleinsman, a food freedom and body love coach, eating disorder and abuse survivor who's on an absolute mission to love and support millions of women to come back home to self-love and intuition eating. If it's possible for me, I know it's possible for you as well. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you in the episode. Welcome my queens to another episode. Have a special guest with me today. I'm gonna to read her bio to you. I should have actually checked Shelly before we go into this. How do I say your surname? Is it Najar? Yes. Shelly Najar, thank you. Okay, so here we go. Shelly Najar is a nutrition mindset coach helping women with a lot going on to care for themselves while reaching their goals. Her speciality is addressing the why and how we eat blending mindset and practical tips to make nutrition and self-care easier. She draws on thousands of hours of training and experience as a registered dietitian, nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counsellor with a master's degree in public health nutrition. Shelley's passionate about helping women realise it's possible for them to have a healthful, joyful relationship with food and peace with themselves and their bodies at any size. So without further ado, welcome Shelly to the Body Love Binge podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Victoria.
0: I'm excited for this. And before we get into these serious questions, I've got 10 quick fire questions for you if you're ready. Okay. Okay, let's go. So number one, your favorite food?
1: Oh, I don't have one. I have so many. So the first one that's coming to mind is bubble tea.
0: Oh, that, yeah. It's those, those little things where you suck up a straw and and it's like weird tapioca. Yeah, they're tapioca
1: balls or pearls. Yeah. And I love that one.
0: That's cool. Number two, if you could be an animal, which animal would it be and why?
1: Again, a tie for like some sort of fish or bird because if I could have a superpower, it would be swimming and like breathing underwater or flying.
0: Amazing. Number three, the worst diet you've ever done?
1: It didn't have a name um it was very short-lived it's just really the um i guess the villainization of sugar and bread um mm. just yeah trying to avoid as much as possible yeah, and failing miserably
0: yeah me too okay number four describe yourself in three words
1: um This is something that I used to say, it is, I plan spontaneity. Uh, I am much more of a planner, but I also have a spontaneous side. But sometimes I feel like the balance of the two is very hard. So um, I wouldn't say that I'm a spontaneous person. I also wouldn't say that I'm purely like I have to plan everything because I can be quite impulsive. So I plan spontaneity is um, kind of that middle ground.
0: I like that. Number five, describe food freedom in three words.
1: Well, it's a tie between I consume food and I move on. I feel like I consume food is kind of that idea that food doesn't consume me or my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I move on is that feeling that I hear from a lot of people um, as they work with me that it's just like, oh, I just ate and I just moved on with my life. Like I just kept going, right? Like it wasn't this thing where I just kept thinking and thinking and thinking, or um, it ruined my day. It was just like, oh, I moved on. So I kind of like that that as a practical food freedom.
0: Yeah, and I love how your brain went there because my brain, because I wrote these questions, obviously, would go to three random words, but I loved how you formed like a sentence. I just found that really interesting. I just love how different everyone is. I would say something like freedom, joy, liberation, but then your brain made a sentence. That's so cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess... um... I guess I was trying to think of like three random words and I couldn't. And I was like, oh, well, the sentence has three words. Let me check. Yep. Th- one, two, three.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. Okay. Number six. If you, you might not know these and that's okay. Cause this isn't everyone's thing. Do you know your star sign and or human design?
1: Nope. No
0: idea. That's fine. No worries. We can skip that one. Number seven. Do you know your top value in life?
1: Oh, that's such a good one. I haven't redone it in a while. Um, just thinking about like, what, what do I want? Um, broadly, and and what's important to me broadly. Um, last time I did some values work. Um, there was a really big sense of belonging that came up, and it's probably still a pretty strong one. Um, now is like for myself and for others like creating that space of belonging and that feeling of belonging um, I know that's not a typical like value when you're talking about values work like a lot of people don't come up with that one um, you know like integrity or or something like that but like belonging is always one of mine um, that comes up pretty strong so I'll say that one
0: yeah and you also get to decide right you get to choose whatever value you want (laughs) okay do you have I mean I started off by saying these are 10 quick five questions if someone asked me this i would be here forever number eight your favorite book oh
1: (laughs) I mean there's a ton that are like super impactful my favorite fun one because it just took me by surprise it was the first one that I ever read in this genre um it's called Ella Enchanted I did not watch the movie it's a young adult fiction it's it's um a retold fairy tale of Cinderella Mm -hmm. and they just opened my brain to this entire subgenre of retold fairy tales which is now my all-time favorite um and I had never I didn't know I didn't know it was gonna be a Cinderella story so I was just like blown away when I was reading it and I recognized some of the elements and I was like but this is different And it just really, it was so um, like, I think I was in middle school or something when I read it and it was just, it so changed the way I thought about stories and storytelling and what was possible there that Mm -hmm. I loved it. Like I still, I used to read it every year, like once a year. Um, And Mm I, at one point almost like had it certain sections of it memorized because I had read it so many times. Um, but I just I love that idea of like, oh, I never knew that you could do this. I never knew like, like you were saying that you can make your own rules about this thing. And like, you can take a framework and then, oh, there's these elements. And I think there's such a, a creativity about keeping certain elements to make it recognizable and then still changing it. So it's new, um, kind of like historic fiction, like when you, you have certain elements, because these are history points, right? And then you re- redid it or Um, in a certain way, like the alternative history fiction, like when they, what if, you know, something, some major historical point didn't happen, it would happen differently. Um, I just think that's fascinating when you can take what is, and then you were like, well, let's reimagine this, or let's, let's, you know, work around certain things, or like, make a different reason why that happened, or, um, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm similar to you, like, Yes, we could be here forever.
0: So can you just repeat the title again? Yeah, it's Ella Enchanted. Um, and
1: I'm trying to remember the author's name. I feel like it might be Gail Carson Levine. I'm not sure. And I don't know how to say her name. I It's one of those things where you only read it. You never hear it said. I don't know if you oh, have certain it, words okay, like that we'll too. Up but... On
0: Google as well, I'm sure. Yeah, yes. Oh. I think, okay. I, if
1: I'm remembering correctly, Gail, the first name is spelled G-A-I-L.
0: Okay, thank you. i'm gonna I'm gonna look at that for myself. Number nine, okay, this is also a hard one. Your favorite movie or one of your favorite movies.
1: Uh, wow, I'm trying to think of ones that i I rewatch a lot. And now none is coming to mind. Like I said, it's not Ella Enchanted for this one. I, I am not usually a fan of, like, my favorite books becoming movies. Mm. Um, oh, I did, Um, again, because it took, caught me off guard a little bit, I think. Um, What is it called? It's the one where the... St- I think it was a Neil Gaiman book originally. I haven't read it. Um, I only remember like the big spoiler, so I don't want to say it. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, okay, well, what was it called? Stardust. I think it's called Stardust.
0: Oh, cool. I'll check that out too.
1: Yeah. So it's a, a fantasy uh, movie and kind of like a little bit adventurous. Um magical kind of idea um and it's just got some really like quippy uh quippy lines in it and it's just fun and I wasn't expecting any of that really I don't know what I was expecting but it wasn't that um it was just this like fun sort of movie I've only watched it a few times but every time I'm like yeah this is really fun um it's probably not my all-time favorite but going along those lines like things that things that just really stood out because I It wasn't what I expected.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. And number 10, what do you want people to take away from this conversation that we're going to have?
1: I would like them to know. They're kind of like this, like kind of like the movies and the book that it's okay if something catches you off guard and it's bigger than you expected and that you can have fun and you can enjoy your food, um, that it's okay to want food, um, that that's, that's a good thing actually, that we want food, um, and that you don't have to wait to have fun and to enjoy your life until you're in a certain body or until you're eating a certain way or until, you know, you look a certain way or whatever it is that you don't have to hold yourself back, um, to enjoy your life. And, and you will be surprised about how much you enjoy something, um, when you're not all caught up by your food and your body
0: yeah I definitely have experienced that it opens up so much it's indescribable so I'm so glad about, we're going to have this conversation so the first thing I would like to ask you is why did you become a dietitian and intuitive eating counselor what's the path that led you here it was an eighth grade science for a project
1: um, I was testing the vitamin C content in vegetables, or I think like three vegetables, and if cooking method affected that. And so it's like, it sounds very nerdy, and it probably was, Um, but what happened was I was reading these, basically this old textbooks that we had gotten from the library um, to do the research part of the experiment. And I loved it. I loved that it seemed like nutrition was attached to everything else, every other part of our lives. and, you know, it's funny how much nutrition science has grown even since then. And uh, that was like probably 20 years, 20 something years ago. Um, you know, back when there were still like literally black boxes over certain processes, because we were like, well, we know certain things happen, but we don't know what. But here's the output. Um, And so it was really cool to see, you know, the nutrition science piece grow over time. But what I realized as I got into it. As I got into being a dietitian and and learning about dietetics, which is the science and practice of being a dietitian, um, was that it felt very restrictive and rule based. And like, let's shame the patient if they don't do what we say they should do. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, even with um, like a move toward patient centered care and the patient gets to decide what their goals are and whether to support them, not like dictate what their goals are, it's still not enough. Um, you know, when you, hey, when I was working in the hospital and you could, it was okay to just write off somebody because of their body size and be like, well, of course they have a problem with this. I'm like, no, that's, that's not appropriate care. Um, mm-hmm. And I also just didn't feel like that was the appropriate place for nutrition education. Um, I mean, you have this traumatic medical experience and then somebody is going in there trying to tell you like 10, 10 high level points and assuming that you're going to follow up in an outpatient setting, um, which is like after you leave the hospital. And usually that didn't happen. And you're already either so stressed that this happened or so grateful that you're alive, that you really don't care what is being said. And you've seen like 30 different people, um, over the course of your two day stay, and it's like, okay, this is not the right time. And we'd see the same patients come back with something else, or maybe the same thing, they didn't remember that, you know, we talked and. their condition is getting worse and then we blame them for like not following the rules we would call it non-compliant yeah and you hear a lot of that same thing in like in diets and in diet industry and in our own self-talk right like why can't I just do the thing um I, I should have known this so and so told me this before I've already talked to a dietitian I've already looked at this thing I know all this information and we just don't do it and there's so much shame and blame and I was getting really tired of it um, so I actually tried to not be a dietitian. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna be a freelance writer and I became a freelance writer and I just couldn't I couldn't not do it. You know, I couldn't not help people and kind of trying to balance and I didn't know intuitive eating at the time. I was just like, well, there must be something different because I grew up with a lot of different foods. Um, I have I'm biracial and multicultural and so you know, when you have this list of foods that you're supposed to eat and none of your family foods are on that list of foods and you're like, well, everyone's still fine. And these foods are delicious and you're not going to take it away from me or like healthify it. Cause that was like a big trend Mm. to take your family foods and make them healthier. Uh, And for everybody who is not watching the visual of this, I am definitely putting air quotes on. I'm one of those people who uses air quotes, but like, this is a really important to know is like, Family foods can be just fine. Any foods can be just fine. Your body knows what to do with it. You don't have to like, you know, change all the ingredients and make it taste not like your family food um, in order to meet some nutritional criteria that somebody has decided. Uh, You can just enjoy the food and you can enjoy that connection to your family. And I was already feeling quite strongly about that, even though I had, you know, only a little bit of science evidence for that uh, at the time. And so I was like kind of building... My coaching style and my coaching around that piece of like, okay, if I'm interacting with a a client or a patient, I'm going to make sure that they know that their family foods, their heritage in their foods, like that can still be there. And and if you're really busy and it doesn't make sense for you to cook everything by scratch and go to the farmer's market for something or other, that's okay. And let's just work around that and let's just figure out how you can make this practical and how you can do this without driving yourself into super restriction where you're not going to do it anyway. And it was not a great fit for, you know, standard nutrition places. So I'm really happy that eventually I found intuitive eating. Um, I had had one instructor give us like a one hour lecture on the concept of health at every size, weight neutral care and intuitive eating. And, you know, to fit it all in one hour means you're really high level, um, So I had sort of known that these ideas existed, but I didn't really know until I got into nutrition and started trying to practice on my own, trying to cobble together a little bit of this like non-restrictive food. Mm -hmm. And I was considering calling myself like the junk food dietitian because I was so frustrated at the industry and this idea that we would even call something junk and all of this. And then I don't remember what it was that like I found out about intuitive eating via finding out about the certificate. Actually, I, I have, um, I was looking for like other training or something. Cause I was feeling like I just didn't have enough to stand on when I was talking to people about this. Um, and so having that certification program really helped me get a little bit more of the science and the psychology around intuitive eating and how do we do this in a non-diet way? Um, mm. so that's how I got, into it, like this, I, this path of just frustration, like, well, I know what I don't want. Like, this is not working. Let me try to figure out how to make this work in a better way. And then finding a group of people who already had figured it out. Right. Um, And joining with them and, and then putting my own spin on it. Like that's, I think that's kind of how a lot of people do it. Right. Like you already kind of have this feeling that something's not working. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, okay, oh, you find somebody like you, Victoria, or like me, or like any of your guests, right? And you're like, oh, finally, I can, I can relax, I can, I can just like exhale and not feel like I'm so stressed all the time about this thing. It just <laughs> feels like, you know, like I said, that sense of the like, oh, I'm not crazy, they, there is something different.
0: Yeah. And it's like, you and I are giving out permission slips left, right and center without realizing it that people don't actually need, but we think we do because of the society we live in. Like, oh, I'll take that permission slip. Wait, it's actually okay to eat a brownie just because I want to eat the brownie. It doesn't have to be hungry. It doesn't have to mean I'm emotional eating. I just want to eat a fucking brownie and that's fine.
1: And you don't have to make up for it afterwards.
0: (laughs) Nope, it's just enjoying the brownie because guess what? We get to have pleasure as a human being for no reason other than the pleasure itself.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. And it's
1: so interesting, right? Like the permission slip idea. Wow. Um, I will often tell my clients like, okay, so, you know, permission, like, yeah, you can do that. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And I'm like, yeah, you didn't need me to tell you that, but it, it can be helpful, right? Like, yeah, we don't need to hear it from another person. Or even like, you know, when, when somebody says something, I'm like, yeah, that's normal. That's okay. And they're like, yeah. And it's just, this, like, ah, and I've had that happen to me too. Like when somebody is like, yeah, that's okay. That the other people do that too. I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. That's right. I don't, (laughs) I know that somewhere in my brain, but like, it can be very helpful for somebody else to say that.
0: Me too. That's why I like, I always have a coach. So like when I finish with like one coach, I'm like either signing up again with that particular coach or I'm like, right. Okay, cool. I want to learn from someone different. And I'm going to invest this much in myself because we all need a mirror. I mean, I'm lucky that my husband is also a great mirror, but that can be too close. Sometimes you need someone to mirror back to you, to reassure you, to hold your hand, to call you out on your own bullshit, Mm -hmm. all of that. So that's why coaching is, that's why I'm a coach because it's life changing.
1: Yes. I um, often say that it's a mirror and a window Um, Because you can reflect, right? But it also allows you to see into yourself about things that you might not have seen. Like it kind of—it's both um, reflective and—I don't know what that word is—like to look into, right?
0: I love that because yeah, it's both and. I always work from the premise of it's not either or; it's both and. And people are like, "Whoa, I don't have to choose." I'm like, "No, you get to have it all." And this is how you get to have it all. It's just like a perception a perception shift and all of that. So I would love to go into the question of how can someone who wants to make more nourishing choices for their physical body without falling back into diet mentality, how can we do that?
1: Yes. And that's always the question, right? And I, I it really depends. I'm going to say this first and then I'll, give you like the official answer well this is my official answer my official answer is you have to start with the mindset first um if we start with nutrition too early even if it's gentle nutrition it just becomes another diet and I I think you've had guests that say the same thing you say the same thing right like I think most of the people who are trained in intuitive eating or in this non-diet approach will say the same thing unless they're going rogue um (laughs) you have to start with the mindset you have to a readjust relearn the way that you are interacting with your food right that relationship with your food and your body and yourself first mm-hmm. that gives you the foundation to build everything else on so once you do that and so if you're listening and you're not there and it doesn't have to be 100% there but if you're still really stuck into diet culture um when we start talking or when you hear somebody talking about the nutrition piece even if it's an intuitive eating podcast even if it's like uh, binge recovery podcast or whatever take that knowing that that is like step three right yeah. and you will maybe on step one or two um, yes. so knowing that and giving yourself the grace and letting yourself have that that like release of the burden of trying to do this now um, and I would say also like if you've been very into diet culture working with a professional is incredibly helpful and supportive um there's ways that that makes it affordable you know if you can't then get the workbook or something like that because um it's really easy especially if you've always been trained to think of the nutrition piece and the nourishing your body physically piece combined with the restriction or making up for it or you know that that cycle of binge and then restrict and binge and restrict um because your body is going to go back to what it knows right and what it knows is this long history of these things Um, Mm -hmm. so you can you can relearn right you can reassign those um, associations but it it can be just very helpful to have an outside source helping to guide you through that process and so when you're there then we can start taking what we know about population level data and helping to adjust it to the personal uh, level of what you're living daily and what you actually like or don't like right so if we know and i'm kind of let's say half sarcastically saying this but research shows like oh there's a lot of variety like the more variety we can get in our foods the overall healthier we will be partly because we get more of those nutrients that we need right we get a wider variety of nutrients if let's just say you have some sensory things and you just really cannot at this time tolerate that wide variety of foods or you're still really in the restriction side of things and it's really scary to to go beyond your safe foods you're not going to have as much variety it doesn't mean you have to force yourself right now to eat a wide variety of foods right you can do baby steps to that like maybe even considering like sitting with that idea of like people might be okay with a wide variety of foods and if that doesn't feel quite as scary then you can like okay let's go on with that thought right and then we can take a little bit further and say like maybe someday in the future i might be okay with a wider variety of foods and if that doesn't feel believable then soften it a little bit more go backwards so say like maybe someday i might be okay with one extra food adding one extra food into my rotation and if that feels like, yeah, I could, I could do that. I could believe that. Then you have a new thought now. And it's still a little bit closer to that goal of the nourishing your body with the variety of foods. Right. And so that's kind of how we can bridge that gap. And like in that process, again, not early on in that nutrition mindset side of things, but maybe a little bit in that middle, you can soften beliefs so that they are not so far from where you are right now that it becomes like the cognitive dissonance is so high that you just double down on your position. You're like, no, I could never. Um, So I think that would be like high level before we get into like exactly nutrition recommendations. I would say, make sure you're in the right space for it, mind space for it, and then start working your way toward that, right? Using some of those mindset skills that you have, now you can start to say, okay, as I'm working with somebody who can take some of these high-level concepts. Because you don't, you know, when we're talking about nutrition and nourishing our bodies, there's like high-level stuff and detailed stuff. And most of the time we don't need the detailed stuff unless Mm -hmm. we are like, we have a certain medical condition or something. And then, yes, I'd recommend working with somebody, right? But for something like, you know, general nutrition, the high-level stuff will be just fine. When you have the right mindset, you'll move into the high-level stuff it may be you don't even need it, right? Because people have been eating, human beings have been eating for thousands of years and they've been just fine. And it before we knew all these things, I mean, yes, we've learned a lot in the last 20 years. We've learned even more in the last 2000 years, right? So the human race has been going on, you know, and it's it's fine. So your body will be able to guide you as you start recovering those cues, as you start with the mindset, as you start nourishing yourself, um, in that refeeding process and allowing yourself to eat, uh, that that process and moving, like you said, toward pleasure, and satisfaction in your food, and and I'll, I'll tell you after this because I've been talking for a while. I'll tell you the difference how I define the difference between pleasure and satisfaction. But as you move toward that, we have research that shows that the more you eat in an intuitive way, uh, the the more you're meeting those nutrition requirements,
0: mm-hmm. even
1: without trying, like even more so than trying to aim at the nutrition requirements to start with, right? And I just find that fascinating.
0: I've I've experienced that in my real life because I used to be triggered when, this was a couple of years ago now, when food freedom coaches were like, sharing their food and they're like having protein shakes and salads. And I'll be like, they're fucking restricting. They've got to be restricting because I don't feel like having protein shakes and salads. And I was judging the hell out of them without even knowing what was going on. But naturally, because I'm just intuitively listening to my body, I want things like protein shakes to add extra protein in when it feels right. I want sometimes salad over something else because everything's available. If we get out of our own way and like you said, have the right mindset and the right relationship with food, your body wants to feel good. So it's naturally gonna give you a balanced diet anyway if we get out of the way and stop diet culturing everything. So yeah, I I feel what you've just shared. But please go into what you wanted to share about the difference between was it pleasure and satisfaction
1: yes yes and I think this is something that people get confused a lot because if we're talking about you know oh well I I might want that salad but maybe I think that something else is going to taste better right now like well yes I want that salad I don't want something maybe so heavy in general because salads can be quite heavy right they can be quite filling it just depends and like if we're talking about the diet culture salad like where it's just basically lettuce
0: and like no in water
1: um (laughs) or if it's like no um it's like this huge filling interesting salad with a bunch of textures and and fats and proteins and you know actual dressing and and like all these toppings and things and maybe I eat bread or fries with it because that gives it more substance right and I feel like really good after that or maybe I don't because it's a hot day and I am just like overheating and I just want something crisp and refreshing and light, right? Something that doesn't feel like it's going to sit in my stomach. And that's the difference between pleasure and satisfaction is satisfaction is now and after I eat. So how am I going to feel after I eat this salad that is, you know, maybe this the diet culture salad and like, I feel very pleased with myself. It's not pleasurable, Right it's not satisfying. So it's none of the things. Mm. If I eat the fries right now, but it's a super hot day and I'm feeling like kind of lethargic and I just, I just want something cold. And I decide to eat a hot fresh out of the fryer basket of fries that could feel kind of heavy, right? It might taste good right now. Pleasure. Good in the moment, but it's not gonna be satisfying. Good now. And after I eat but maybe that salad with stuff on it, right? Like an actual salad with like interesting things and hearty things on it, but not too heavy, would feel crisp and refreshing and cool and like interesting enough that I feel like I ate something and I actually had nourishment, right? I actually ate something, not just tricking my stomach into thinking I ate something. Mm -hmm. I actually eat something and so I have energy. I get some, some fluids from the foods that I'm eating and maybe I also pair that with like an ice cold something, right? Whatever drink I'm feeling like in the moment. And that feels really good. And that feels good now when I eat it because it's interesting and it's got textures and it's got flavor and it has dressing and all of these things. And it's interesting and it's satisfying after I eat because it doesn't make me even more tired and even more like heavy feeling and slow and lethargic. But now maybe I'm refreshed enough to do something, right? Right. Now maybe I'm feeling more
0: comfortable in my body. Yeah, I love that. That's I'm going to go with your, let's say, stage three, because when I introduce this with clients, it is the latter stages where they've got over the honeymoon stage and they're no longer judging themselves and they're just eating whatever they want and they're wanting to start to feel better physically. I introduce what you've just shared and I have it as like an analogy like a table. So you've got a table, pun intended, and when you're making decisions around food, on this table... Are things like blood sugar regulation, energy, digestion, physical feeling, all of that stuff, what isn't on the table is anything to do with body size, body weight, body image. And so when you're coming to make a decision, depending on what time of day it is, what you've got planned after what you're doing next, etc. On the table, you can consider how am I going to feel after without making it into like a checklist what you have to go through, it's just a general intuitive check in with yourself. I've got the gym class later so actually I'm not going to want that big pizza and fries and a dessert not because I'm not allowing it but because I'm going to feel better physically and later if I have this now then I'll have that tomorrow and so it's making a choice from a place of abundance without making it wrong or bad if depending on what you choose so I love that you brought that up for sure
1: yeah I I often describe it I have this framework called tongue body brain alignment and it's similar right like We have to have that balance between what we want in the moment. That's the pleasure, right? The tongue, it's all about the moment. What, how we feel now and how we'd like to feel after we eat, Mm -hmm. that satisfaction piece in our body. And then how we, uh, what, what is the information we know about these things? Because like your schedule, that's your brain is the only piece of that, that three that knows your schedule. Like if you're going to go work out or if you have a meeting in an hour, but you're hungry now, Mm. Or you're not quite hungry now, but you're going to be in an hour, but you'll be right in the middle of the meeting. Mm -hmm. Then you have to do something about that now in order to feel satisfied now and after you eat, right? In -hmm. order to not be so distracted in that meeting um, or not to eat like right now a bunch so then you're tired in the meeting, you know, you have to balance that, right? Um, The classic example I give of this is like, if you were going out to dinner with your significant other, it's a fancy dinner, your anniversary, let's say. And you know in three, let's say it's going to be in an hour, okay? It's your favorite restaurant, very fancy, you love it. It's You only go there for special occasions. You are dinner level hungry right now, but it's an hour before you're going to eat dinner. You could eat right now your dinner that you want, and then you'll miss out on the dinner at the restaurant, right? Or you'll eat it and then you'll feel so full and it mm-hmm. won't actually be a fun experience. You could do that, that's Okay. But if it's important to you to eat together and to have that connection over that meal and the meal that you've been looking forward to, you know, probably all year and you would like that experience, then you don't eat the dinner now, right? You eat a snack now so that you will still be hungry later for the dinner Mm -hmm. and that will be enjoyable and the snack will be enjoyable and you won't have to be like, I'll ruin my appetite or I have to save up my calories or whatever it is, right? Like you can just, like you said, it's not this checklist, like yes, we teach these frameworks and we teach these examples, but once you get it, like you actually don't have to think about it in terms of this, right? Like you actually, usually you don't think about it at all. Like it's just a thing that happens. Um, and from time to time you might be like, oh, okay, what do I want to eat? Or, okay, this is going to happen. So then what? But it just kind of, that process is so, um, so practiced that you don't have to go back to like, well, but which which piece is on the table and which piece is not or which part of the framework am I not like it can be a helpful tool especially when you're really stuck because we all get those days but it just it happens so much faster right like it it's not yeah. something you have to stop and be like okay well did mm-hmm. I did I check this one okay am I in the right stage yet okay <laughs> and yeah sometimes it will be like it's fluid right sometimes even me probably even you right like we go back to like way back when we like something will just trigger something and we'll be like way back in our progress but we didn't go backwards it's all just like it's all just there right um it's the both and approach like yeah you can be most of the time in this farther more advanced stage into intuitive eating and some of the time you will also be like you know seven when somebody called you some name that has now like permanently etch itself into your brain and all the feelings and emotions and the thoughts about what you need to do about those things will come back and you know it will change your eating or it will change that for a little while and it won't last forever right like there's just this a constant movement through the stages or the processes or whatever we want to call them like depending on who you're working with that it's just that's how it is and that's okay It's not like you've lost progress.
0: Yeah, and I love how you keep saying it's okay because it is. If someone eats and they felt they feel too full and they actually didn't want to eat that much, it's okay, no one's gonna die. You're not gonna bust combust into flames. Yeah, you may be tired later. You may feel physically full. It's what you make that mean. It's okay, self-compassion, forgive yourself. There's actually nothing to forgive yourself for, but if you feel like you need to forgive yourself for something, do that. It's just food. The stakes are very low. So it's, I I also encourage that with my clients to just remind them that because, as you, I'm sure you can remember, Shelly, or you've seen it with your clients, we can get in such a dark place where it feels so heavy and it's so bad and it's so wrong. And it's like, wait a minute, it's just food. Obviously, it's linked to weight gain and what that means. That's where the heaviness is from. But surface level stuff it's just food your body can handle it no worries just like allow yourself to relax and move on and that's why support is really necessary at those points because then you don't drive yourself crazy doing mental gymnastics hating yourself for a week you just can get over it like really quickly with the right support
1: yeah right and that's what we're talking about the um, catastrophizing right? Like I ate this food and it's going to be forever. Or I ate this food and now everything's falling apart. All my progress is lost because Mm -hmm. that's what diet culture teaches us, right? It's not like it's your fault for thinking this way because you've been trained to think this way. This is how they tell you to think like, oh, you fall off the wagon. Like, oh, I have to work so hard to get back onto this wagon. that's moving on without me. And my life is moving on without me. And everything is terrible. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what we're taught, right? Like you eat this thing, it's going straight to your hips. It's going like, did you know that it's better to throw it away than to throw it on your waist, right? What is what's the thing like it's wasted either way or something like that? Like, oh my gosh, this is so stupid. Um it's not wasted. Your body will use it. It's okay, right? Our bodies are fantastic and marvelous and they they can figure it out. They know how to use foods, right? We may be freaking out about it, but our body's okay with it. Um and and you're not gonna be there forever. Like I think sometimes it's not actually about the food itself right like I think a lot of people in in this um style of coaching right we're always talking about like maybe sometimes it's not about the food right it's about something else that's going on um I kind of forgot where I was going with that (laughs) I had a different point but um you know it's it's interesting because sometimes it's actually about like how are we interacting with this thing right like we we say that it's about um oh, I know what it was, the sense of control. Like, it just feels so out of control to eat something that you feel like isn't allowed or in an amount that feels bad or you did something that you felt was more diet culture because especially when we're talking about like more advanced, um, when we are talking about gentle nutrition and you did want that salad and then you start freaking out like, well, did I really want that salad or was it just like, maybe I'm going back into a diet? You know, oh, what if I actually wanted the, the diet Coke instead of the regular Coke? because they taste different. I've heard I don't I don't drink them, but like you know, it it tastes different in some people and like, "Oh, okay. I actually want that flavor." It's not about I didn't want you know, something that was in the regular Coke. It was because I actually wanted the thing. That's fine. Diet culture diets don't own those foods, right? Like that is okay. It is okay to want a salad. It's okay to want like you yeah. know, whatever. Um that's okay.
0: Yeah how can people start to, cause I get this a lot and I'm sure you do too. When someone has decided dieting is not working for them because it doesn't, anyway, that's a fact, unless you want to weight cycle for the rest of your life or live in a restricted eating disorder for the rest of your life, you can't control your body, full stop, end of story. So when someone actually really realizes that and they're ready to start our world, come into our world, start our work, and they have no clue how to listen to their body, what that even means, are they hungry? Do they just think they're hungry? Are they bored? Are they not? Like, how how do you help someone to connect to their individualized body and start to be build that relationship and that trust between what uh, what they want and then what their body wants? And how do you navigate that with them?
1: Yeah, I I think it's probably similar to a lot of other people, right? We may all call it different things. Mm. We may have a little bit of different ways of how we make that practical for people, but. You know, it depends on why they cannot, why they're not in tune with their bodies and what's going on. Like sometimes people only think, um, and I I remember somebody else saying this on your podcast too, is like, maybe it's, you only think it's in your stomach, right? Like if your stomach Mm -hmm. feels full, you're full. If your stomach feels empty, you're, you're hungry. But if you're thinking about food early on, you might be hungry, right? If you're, you're impatient in your head and you think that everybody needs to move out of your way and it's like, everybody's out to get you you might be hungry or maybe you're tired, right? Like that can happen when we're tired too. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of like, let's just figure out recovering certain signals. Let's tune in more, not just to our physical body, because sometimes we can be quite in tune with our physical body in some ways, like overly concerned with the physical of like, well, I had a tiny bit of bloating. My stomach made a little bit of noise. I must be intolerant. And you're like, no, you're stressed or no, that's just digestion. You've just forgotten what actual digestion is like, right? Like that's normal. It is normal to have a little bit of gas when we're eating. It is normal to have a little bit of noise when we're eating, right? Like let's normalize certain things about it. Um, It is normal to actually want foods. It is normal to think about foods, but not obsess about them, right? Like that is, I think sometimes even just reestablishing like what is normal about a human body? about food and about eating and to give new benchmarks because sometimes we think that it is normal to go all day without food and to not feel hungry like that's the goal and that's the normal and so you hear it a lot about people eating breakfast right well but if I eat breakfast I'll be hungry all day and when you ask them about what is hungry all day they're like well I just want eat like I'll eat again in like just two or three hours and you're like yeah that's normal right yes it is not normal to go eight hours without eating that is not how the human body is set up. So it's interesting that a lot of our work just looks like recovering the normal and how that exactly happens and how, you know, the, the little tips and techniques and stuff like that, like, I'm sure that changes. Um, but the, and it changes like even within, like, you know, I have certain worksheets and I have certain handouts that I use and I, we, we talk about certain examples and that still varies from client to client depending on where they are and what they need, right? Like, you know, reestablishing your hunger and fullness cues. What are we looking for? Looking for those landmarks. I I talk about that a lot. Is like, think of it as a map and landmarks, because it's not necessarily, partly because the word scale has been so, um, you know, villainized, I think. um, But also because having a certain range of numbers kind of sometimes means like, oh, I have to be a certain number, right? I have to, there's a, quite a fixation on being correct and perfect. Um, Whereas if you're looking at a map and you say, well, I'm looking for certain landmarks. And not everybody will notice the same landmarks, but these are things that generally people might say. Or when you're really, really hungry, you might have these things. When you're getting hungry, you might see these things. When you're like not hungry at all, you might see these things, right? And and to think about it that way helps a lot, right? And so as I'm adjusting from person to person to person, we're still doing some of those like you, right? Let's reestablish your hunger cues. Let's figure out what emotions you're feeling. Let's figure out how food is functioning right now. Um, let's figure out that self-talk, right? The mindset piece around this, because maybe that stress is causing you different feelings and like physical sensations than, you know, the food is by itself. Um, let's normalize eating for emotional reasons sometimes, you know, Um like birthday parties and celebrations and like New Year's, what do we do? We all cheer and then we take a sip. Is it because I was thirsty? <laughs> no, it's because I'm celebrating, right? Like that's how you do it. Um, and so that's okay. You don't have to pretend. You can just sip. Um, and it's it's just like one of those things of like, I think overall, it's just recovering the normal, and mm. and figuring out what that is, um, because a lot of times it's so far from it, but we think we're normal or we think. We think we're trying to be normal, right? We think we're not normal because we're hungry and the normal person shouldn't be, which doesn't make any sense because you
0: haven't eaten all day, right? Like it's just- I love that you said that, Shelley, because it reminds me of my own journey when not eating became so normalized to me. And obviously all the magazines I was reading and all the diet culture shit I was in was like, yay, like here's how to ignore your hunger and all of that. And then when I would like- Look at what my now husband, but was boyfriend and fiance was eating. I'll be like, I'll be thinking, how is he eating again? He's had breakfast, he's now having a snack, and he's having lunch. And now I'm like, well, yeah, because that's what humans do, because that's normal. But it was so far from my normal. I love how you've just said, it's actually just coming back to what normal is, when unfortunately a lot of the world is mirroring back to us things that are not normal, things that are very disordered, but calling it normal, and it's not.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not, and just the, the relief that people get when you realize that you don't have to try so hard uh, to eat healthy, like that's just... Yeah, like I I said at the beginning, right? It's just such a like. Oh, I I'm okay. I'm okay, and and that sense of like, you could be okay. You could be okay when you're hungry. You could be okay when you're full. You could be okay when you're overfull because that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just aren't that great at figuring out what we need, right? But that's okay. That's normal. It's all
0: good. Yeah. Yeah. Normal eating is not what old. Normal eating is not what previous dieters and restrictors think normal eating is. Normal eating is eating past fullness sometimes, eating a cookie or brand just because you want to, overeating in quotes, I'm using that word overeating because that means there's an imaginary line, what's okay and what's not okay. And I don't believe in any of that. It's all normal and it's all okay because like you said previously, Shelley, your body knows what to do. And if you're actually very in tune with your body, you'll notice that if you eat a lot in the evening, perhaps you're at a dinner party, whatever, you'll naturally potentially be less hungry the next morning if your body doesn't need that. Your body might need that and therefore it will send you hunger signals again in the morning. But just to surrender and trust that your body knows what it's doing. It's been keeping humans alive for however many thousands of years we've been on this planet. It's so adaptive. It's not going to die if it's not got the perfect amount of vitamins and minerals in the diet. It can. It's okay but as I'm on the subject of vitamins and minerals, one of my questions I had for you, Shelley, was what supplements, if any, do you recommend like the general person taking when they're living in food freedom? So perhaps they're naturally getting a kind of balanced diet. Do you recommend supplementing as well? And if so, what?
1: Um, this would vary depending on the person. Um so anybody listening, just general disclaimer, this is not specific advice for you, Um, but general information, I, I would look at what they're eating, right? I think I will tell you the ones that I might recommend for people that I work with um, could be a multivitamin specific to your age range. Um, So like if you are, you know, Beyond menopause, let's say I work with women. So beyond menopause, you might be taking one that's like, you know, 50 or older or 65 and older, whatever. And if you're, you know, childbearing age, you might be taking one younger with enough folate. Um, If you are a child, I don't work with children, but take children's one, right? Um, You know, something with your age range. um, If you for like for certain things, you know, you said general, um, for me, I live in Seattle. It's, um, not in the right, I forget if it's latitude or longitude. Anyway, we don't get the right angle of sun. So for a lot of people here, vitamin D supplementation is necessary. Um, unless they're like really out in the sun for a long portion of the day. Um, and then still like during the winter months, we may still need it. So conditionally maybe vitamin D, um, maybe other supplements as needed for like sleep or for, you know, certain other conditions. But again, that's then no longer general. So I think my top two are probably multivitamin, maybe vitamin D. Um, and then the dosing of the vitamin D would depend on what we're using it for. But yeah, it's, it's fairly simple, right? Instead of having to take like your pile of stuff every morning, or like, this thing for this and this thing for this, like, it goes through, like some people, they want to do that and they have the budget for it. Um, yeah. So we'll go through, you know, look at the evidence for different things. And if if it's available, look up certain like specific brands and see what if there's any studies out there. But if there isn't, then we just look up in general, like, hey, this doesn't actually have evidence for the thing that you are taking it for. Like you can still choose to take it. It doesn't seem to be harmful or, hey, it seems to be harmful. Like in the amounts that you're taking it, let's maybe reconsider this. Um, But then, again, it's that person's choice, right? Like, I'll make a recommendation as a provider, but, you know, it's it's their choice. And if you want to spend your money on something that you feel like might help you, the placebo effect is quite strong. And I say this with all all respect, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, the placebo effect can account for some things. So, like, if you're really convinced that something will help you and it's not harmful great like okay if you're willing to spend the money and you think it's going to help you and you're not doing anything like it's not gonna hurt any of the other processes in your body all right like yeah great like take it right um especially if you can afford it right if you can't afford it i'm i might be a little bit more like hey you know there's not a lot of evidence for a lot of these supplements um and so let's let's rethink like because a lot of times that's just another way like that diet culture can sneak in of saying like Oh, but you really aren't getting enough, or you know, especially like we're talking in the absence of any conditions, right? Mm. Maybe you're not really doing it well enough. Maybe your body isn't quite as good. Maybe our food isn't quite as good as we need it to be. Let's let's do a little bit more. Let's
0: do a little bit more than that. Oh, what about this thing? You know, it's like okay. Before you know it, (laughs) you're down the rabbit hole, spending hundreds on supplements, eating vegetables, however many grams at every meal, and it just turns into rules that you hate
1: so just before
0: I ask how people can find you and work with you just from a personal share I take a multivitamin that has all the b vitamins in to make Mm -hmm. sure I'm getting them I do take an omega-3 because I don't eat oily fish I'd like it but I just we just don't eat it because my husband doesn't like it so I take that I take magnesium before bed and that's it yeah and a pre and a pro probiotic as well Mm -hmm. That's what I take. But um. also as well, say, for example, the day's happened and I haven't actually managed to get much fruit and veg in for whatever reason, I have these, like, um, they're not shots, they're bigger than that, but they're just crammed full of, like, green juice and fruits. And so I'll take, and, and again, it could be placebo, it could actually be generally helping, but I take one of them when I've not managed to get enough greens in just to make me feel better, to give my body what it needs, and then that tomorrow is a new day and I'll make an effort to get veggies in. It's just like, it is what it is. I'll do my best. My body's got me kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll take melatonin sometimes. Um, I'll take like before bed, I'll take multivitamin, uh, specific for my age and gender. And I take uh, vitamin D. Um, Mine is quite a high dose uh, because I also use it for my mental health. And that's usually what I have my rotation, like my general rotation. I'll take some depending on, like, um, maybe getting sick or something. But like, you know, it's it's very, it's very simplified, right? Um, yeah, and it's just like you don't have to, you don't have to try. So it's
0: okay. Yeah, it gets to be that yeah. simple. Nutrition gets to be easy. It gets to be fun. It gets to be pleasurable. So Shelly, how do you work with? Clients. Are you taking clients on right now? What offers do you have?
1: Yes, I am accepting new clients. Um, for anybody listening, it's July uh, 2023. So I'm taking new clients as of now. Um, I work with clients one on one. Occasionally, I'll run a group program or something. You can find information about whatever I'm doing on my website. Um, if I, like um, last year, October, I did a retreat, which was super fun. Um, so I do some in-person things like the retreat or other events. Um, but mostly I'm virtual so I can work with people around the world. Um, as long as there's a steady internet connection and we, we go through that process of mindset first, teaching that framework and like making intuitive eating practical so that you don't have to memorize like all 10 steps and like all these different things. Like it doesn't matter when you're sitting down to eat, that doesn't matter, right? Mm. Like let's just do tongue, body, brain alignment. You're done. Um, and then. Uh, figuring out the gentle nutrition if that's something that interests you because some people are like no I'm good I don't really care right like it's great to not care it's mm-hmm. sometimes for people who've been caring all their life like wow oh, what a relief to not have to care about that and then they just go on right like it's fine um, because we know that it's going to work out so yeah work with uh, you can work with me online and um, one-to-one and sometimes group programs
0: well oh, obviously i'll post all the links below and thank you so much shelly is there anything you'd like any last words you'd like to leave the listeners at all before we say goodbye um
1: you know i just really want to remind you that it's okay it's okay uh whatever it is won't last um like if it's feeling bad it won't last it's not going to be this way forever um that you can relearn what's normal and that you'll actually be able to get there. You know, it's not gonna be like the someday thing for somebody else and it's never Mm -hmm. for you. Like you actually will be able to make it um, hang in there. And you know, it's it's all a process. So it's okay if it doesn't feel the same from day to day. Like your body's needs change, you change, the situation changes and it's still gonna be okay.
0: Feel that. Thank you, Shelley, so much. Thank you for your time. And listeners, I will see you next week. Much love. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share, subscribe, and leave me a five-star review. Your support means the absolute world to me, and it really does help me to get my podcast out there for those that need it. Thank you.